0: The Teach to Preach Podcast, Episode (laughs) 7.
1: Helping preachers to get better by this weekend, it's the Teach to Preach Podcast with your host, Pete Kramer.
0: Hello friends, my guest today is a pastor and author and a friend of Biblical Hebrew. Josh Cooper serves as the Discipleship Pastor at Grace Point Church in Topeka, Kansas, and today we're going to cover the topic of second chair leadership and how that will relate to our preaching. You can find links to follow Josh online, and you can download his free ebook over on today's show notes page, as well as a link to his new podcast, The Second Chair Leadership Podcast. So please sit back and enjoy this conversation with my friend, Josh Cooper. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being on the Teach to Preach podcast today, and I know that you are especially excited about this topic because you are starting a podcast around the topic of second chair leadership. So, as we start this conversation, first let me say thank you, and secondly, what is a second chair leader anyway?
1: Hey, Pete. uh, Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm honored, um, flattered even, um, that you would consider me, especially following the likes of uh, Daniel Strickland, which I'm looking forward to listening to that podcast, by the way. Um, But uh, yeah, as you mentioned, um, I am on staff in a church in Topeka, Kansas, and uh, I serve in the second chair um, leadership kind of role and um this is something that is always um it's always been my calling even though i may have fought against it initially um but as of the last couple of years i've really embraced uh, the second chair leadership role um not just in the church but um but outside of the church and leveraging the influence that i do have um to um to try on and, ta- and try some unique um things that add value to the organization and so um, the second chair leader in my book, um, there's a lot of definitions out there that are really great, but really it's simply the leader behind the leader. Um, it's anyone who doesn't have the title um lead or senior or CEO or founder. Um, but I would say this too, um, just to add a caveat, Pete. Um, I believe that we're all second chair leaders. Mm. Um we're all accountable to someone for something, even lead pastors are accountable to their boards, you know, and, and uh, we're as pastors and preachers, we're accountable to Christ uh, who is the head of the church Um, and CEOs. They're accountable to their board members and the board members, they are accountable to constituents and the clients that they serve um, for the products that they make or the services that they deliver. Um, So I really do believe that they're all second chair leaders. Um, But, in terms of organizational hierarchy, yeah, I sit in a second chair role.
0: Very good. Yeah, you know, uh, I know off the air, we were talking about what it means to be a second chair leader. And I know over many coffee conversations that you and I have been privileged to share, uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, where God has us in life. And I've joked with many people that um, I really just don't believe that uh, God has called me to that let's say first chair leader or the senior pastor position that, um, you know, a lot of people have looked at me funny. They said, you know, Pete, when are you going to, when are you going to become a senior pastor? And I said, according to the grace of God and, and all that's within me, I hope never, you know, I'm not opposed to like seeing handwriting in the sky and maybe eight other confirmation symbols that it's my time. But uh, I love, serving the mission of the local church and the vision and the leadership of a senior pastor and bringing that to life. That's really where I believe a lot of my gifts are and it sounds like that's a lot of what you're saying that the second chair leader especially in a church organization like we're talking about really looks like.
1: Uh absolutely. Um like I said when when I first began pastoring in a in a in a full-time vocational sense, I wasn't always a pastor. I used to work in healthcare. For almost ten years before I went back to school and and seminary and and um, pursued this calling, um, I I honestly thought I was going to end up in a first chair kind of role, and I had a hard time um, receiving that that feedback from my professors and for the from the senior pastors that I was interning at churches uh, for. Um, I had a really hard time with some of that feedback that I was hearing that like that just really it didn't seem to them, and I consistently heard it. Time and time again, that 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 would be the case. Now, it's not that it couldn't happen, but probably not. And it, you know, it took me a little while to get over that. Um, but the more, um, as you said, the the more I've been in this role, the more I've discovered I have an incredible opportunity to add an extraordinary amount of value. Um, to my organization in unique ways in ways I never thought possible, um, which I I know we'll talk about um, today. But just so happens, I ran into uh, two weeks ago, a senior pastor, who you know, and I'm not going to name, but we had this conversation at a coffee shop. And he was sort of lamenting all of these building projects that he's overseeing right now. Mm -hmm. And he knows it. Mm -hmm. He knows. He is not supposed to be managing these projects. And so he's overwhelmed. And I know him well enough to say, I am so glad that I am not sitting in your seat right now because I don't have that burden. You know, the buck doesn't stop with me uh, for everything in the church. And so I find that there's a great amount of flexibility and freedom in being a second chair uh, leader.
0: Absolutely. I I completely agree. There are times that I uh, look at uh, the, the burden, really, that my senior pastor has to carry. And in one hand, I say, oh, man, I am so glad. I am not you. And on the other hand, I I think I am so glad I get to serve what you're doing. And in a lot of ways, as a second-chair leader, I want to take some of that burden, some of that pressure off of him to free him up what God's called him to do as a lead visionary in our church and and really the lead teacher Mm -hmm. and preacher in our church. And I think that's a good segue here in our conversation Mm -hmm. that there are times uh, that even second-chair leaders, whether that's staff pastors, youth pastors, kids pastors, music pastors, there's a lot of different definitions of a second chair leader inside of a church but they get the opportunity to preach and since this is a preaching podcast um what Mm -hmm. does preaching look like for you from the second chair okay i think we all kind of get it from the first chair where the lead teacher the lead pastor the lead visionary and we get to communicate that on a weekly basis but as a second chair leader it's probably less frequent maybe in some cases once a month in some cases once a year, that you get the opportunity to preach to God's people. So, what does preaching look like yeah. from the second chair?
1: Yeah, so um, I think it might be helpful to um, set some context here for where we're where I'm at, and um, I I um, I pastor in a, a a very healthy and growing mid sized church where we worship um, about 650 on any given weekend, and keep in mind um, that that the, the the when i started at the church 4 years ago we were worshipping um about 300 so we've wow. o- over doubled in in 4 years time and which is a which is great um but w- along with that growth um has come um, some unique challenges and also opportunities the challenge for the senior pastor as it relates to preaching was he, he needed to dial it back mm-hmm. he loves preaching he's very good communicator Um, Andy Stanley has been very influential in his preaching and communicating style and it works for him. It really does. He even sits at a chair and a table, you know, and, and, and so um, it's something that he's been doing for over a decade and preaching one point sermons um, from a chair and, um, and he's a great communicator. Um, But now we have three services. We didn't then And so um, he just, his preaching schedule just went from about a hundred, you know, two services on any given Sunday to 150 plus now that there's three services each weekend. And so he decided two years ago to dial it back to 40 weekends. And so we have a large enough staff that there are, I'm not the only one who is able to preach at our church. And so we split then the remaining weeks amongst the the, the rest of the pastoral staff. So you're right, my opportunities to preach um, aren't, it's not really 12 opportunities because I'm the only one. It's more like three to four, maybe five, six at the most opportunities a year, Um, generally speaking, in that three to four range. Um, and so it is deeply rewarding as a second chair um, preacher um, and it's terribly frustrating um, because um, you haven't preached enough to really get good at it you know i I hope you talk about this or somebody talks about I like how many sermons you know does someone preach before they actually feel comfortable in their own skin preaching It's about um, I don't think I Okay. (laughs) That's fair. Um, But I, you know, I don't think I've, I've hit a hundred sermons yet. Um, Maybe total preaching opportunities. Yes, but not actually crafted a hundred sermons. So um, that's the frustrating part is if it's an area where you really want to grow in, you may not have the opportunities. Um, And so as if you have the flexibility to preach in other places and your, your senior leadership is okay with that, or you have some agreed upon terms, um, as I do, um, then you, you, the opportunities to grow in preaching really are unlimited for you. Um, the rewarding aspect is that, yeah, I get to share my heart and what God has put inside of me, who isn't the senior pastor, and that's what he wants. He wants for his um, pastoral staff to be able to communicate God's word, God's truth, so that it's not a cult of personality built around him. Mm -hmm. And so he's really pushing back against that mentality by giving all of us more opportunities to preach throughout the year.
0: And for senior leaders, I think that takes a little bit of humility to let go of that pulpit. I mean, how many times have we joked in and around church, you know, that What's the old joke? You know, I'm going to be all over that, like a pastor on a building project, or, you know, or, or, or just any pastor who struggles to let go of their pulpit. Uh, maybe to a staff pastor, maybe one they don't see maybe as uh, as inexperienced and not as experienced as they are being the senior leader who preaches all the time, but being being humble enough to let that go and to trust your team. And I think there's an element of trustworthiness among your staff. So for a moment, could you just speak to senior leaders, senior pastors who are listening to this as it relates to preaching and and trusting their staff with the responsibility uh, to step into their shoes, as it were, for a weekend or two?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to. Um, One of the things that's been very helpful to me um, as uh, someone on the teaching team at our church is that the um, the boundaries have been set by the senior pastor in terms of preaching. When I first came on staff, that was not the case. We could preach. um, We could preach pretty much, however we chose. You know, however we choose. Um, But within the last couple of years, in order to um, provide greater continuity and um, to help challenge those of us who don't preach every week um, to be challenged to grow in the area of preaching, our senior pastor um, sat down with the team and he said, I have just a few things that I want um, that from now on, this is how you're going to preach. And 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 it wasn't a lot. It was just a couple of guidelines. Um, and, and, and the biggest uh, the biggest thing that I remember from that conversation is is that is just this one point: y- you will preach a one point sermon. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the only thing I really re- that's the only thing I really needed to know. And beyond that, it was up to me how I wanted um, to form the message um, and to deliver it. Um, be as creative as I want to be. But it was very, very helpful for me to have that conversation in that, in, that, in that meeting where he outlined a few few specific things and said, it's up to you how you, you want to pull it off, how you want to prepare and present the content. Um, but the one thing that I ask of you is that we will all get really, really good at preaching one point messages. Um, And so that's my encouragement. And and for the senior pastor, or the senior leader is to sit with your team and communicate what are your expectations of your preaching team? Um, And are are you being clear with those expectations and leave, leave some space, you know, for them to decide how they are going to prepare and how they're going to present the content.
0: Yeah, that's really good. That's that's great content for senior leaders to hear. Let's now speak from the perspective of a second chair leader who's been given the opportunity to preach um, just to kind of tee up the conversation. There's something that I do, or I try to do at least uh, in every message that I preach. And I'm on a, probably a different, uh, consistency basis with my preaching as a second chair leader I preach about once every five mm-hmm. to six weeks so it's a little bit more frequent but I always try mm-hmm. to reference the last message that our senior pastor preached and celebrate that mm-hmm. a little bit uh, you know whether the audience catches that or not I just want to always communicate I've got their back you know the senior pastor I believe in their vision I believe in the in the things that they're driving home what they're teaching. So I never want to come in and preach anything that's counter that or or so outside of the realm of the direction that we're going. So I always try to give one little nugget or something, and I'll say something to the effect of, hey, you remember last week Pastor Mark talked about this. And, and so just to follow that up, yeah. here's a thought. you know. So I want to tie into what they're doing. So it does communicate. We're on the same team. We're not preaching standalone stuff. I'm not alone you know, a lone gunman here, as it were, on the on the preaching field, but um, that we're really working together as a team. So when you're preaching, what are some things that you do to celebrate or to reinforce the, the vision and the direction of your senior pastor?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Along the same lines, Pete, um, I do the same thing because most of our um, sermons ser- our, most of our teachings are packaged as a series. Um, it's easy to pick up where the where the last person left off and and, and so we're very intentional about that because it, you know, You've prepared sermon series before, and and so it builds, and so we're building to a conclude, you know, a big conclusion by the end of the sermon series, and so for me, um, if I'm kicking off the series, um, I'll often say, "Here's what you can expect in the coming weeks, and who you're going to hear from." We had that this summer where we did an su- entire summer series called Hot Topics, mm. and we each took turns um, on the team. just digging deep into a a controversial topic to in our culture today Mm -hmm. and 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 so it it was really important in that in that series for me from the get-go to say here's what you can expect this whole summer we're going to cover these topics who's here's who's covering them and um and so um and then if i coming in in the middle of a series i I do the same thing i want to honor um want I want to God, honor God's anointed leader and visionary of the local church in the best way I know how and that is just to simply to say man we are so blessed to have such a great communicator, um, aren't we church? and and yeah you get a lot of nods and you know of approval and all of that. Um, but yeah I do want to make it clear to them that that I'm not that guy. Um, I um, mm. certainly have uh, a word to share and a message to, to preach, a gospel to, to proclaim. Um, and, um, and so I, I'm grateful for every opportunity that I do get, but I do need to be more creative in how I honor my senior leader and, and find new ways to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I just want to reiterate again
0: that we never want to from a second chair pull from what our senior pastor is trying to do. So I don't want to be that guy who steps into the pulpit and I'm going to be Mm. so counter the, even some of the style that our senior pastor is. So I, you know, I'm the shock jock pastor and I, I, I want us, I want it all to be a fluid transition from one communicator to another and That we're all pulling the same direction and um, and that can be an interesting place to be because you'll get people who come up to you and maybe they appreciate one teaching style over another from one pastor to another and those are those are weird conversations but you really have to have um, a senior pastor who's comfortable in their own skin enough to give direction give expectation and then release their team to 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 fill in for them or to to uh, take up that mantle of preaching every so often, to give them a little bit of a rest and refocus their vision and stay on track. And I think there's a lot of good stuff there. Let's switch gears here for just a moment, because I know if, if if anybody in the listening audience was to spend five minutes with Pastor Josh Cooper, you'll realize very quickly that he loves Hebrew. He loves Hebrew, and uh, you actually <laughs> wrote a book. It was a word study book on Hebrew words. And uh, my yeah. my Hebrew is is limited to the extent of accidentally coughing the right word. And so, <laughs> so I picked up your ebook yeah. here uh, a couple of months ago, and was reading through it. And that's one of the things that triggered our podcast interview today. Is you wrote a chapter on the Hebrew word of. And I may say it wrong, so feel free to correct me. Is it Ezer or Ezer? Uh, Essentially meaning God is our helper. And I was thinking about that word and how it relates to sermon preparation. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Mm -hmm. First, tell us about the ebook, or it may also be in print form, but tell us about your book and why you wrote it, and then we'll jump into the topic of God is our helper.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, I... Fell in love uh, with the 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 Hebrew language in seminary. Um, I had a very unique biblical language perspective. In fact, I when I grew, when I first started seminary, I thought I was going to be a professor, um, but I learned very quickly um, that I had zero desire, no desire to take additional languages like. Um, Latin or German, in addition to the Greek and the Hebrew that I was already taking, and and within my own educational journey, Greek and Hebrew they were taught very very differently, and so I learned Hebrew in an immersive style of learning, which is gaining much more popularity within the last decade, or so, where everything in the classroom was spoken as much as possible. I should say as much as possible, not everything, but as much as possible in. And so, my instructors had spent time in Israel learning how to teach and instruct um, other students to learn biblical Hebrew in Hebrew. And, and so, it was a really great opportunity and experience for me. Eventually, I had the opportunity to become an instructor with one of the professors, and we co-taught together for two and a half years. Greatest learning experience of my life. And so that that's what ignited the love for the language within me. Um, but then I also have this love for God's word and to be able to share it with others in, 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 as we all do in understandable ways, considering the rise of biblical literacy in America amongst western christians um the, the 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 numbers are staggering and i know it's true for my own congregation because we've surveyed them and they've said you know i'm engaging in god's word maybe once or twice a week and that's the majority of our congregation and so i wrote the book out of a place of just like it it was love and experience, like I want people to love God's word. Mm-hmm. I have yet to hear someone say, "I don't want to know what God's will is for my life." I think everyone would say, "Yes, I do," especially if you're a follower of Jesus. And so, then my next question is: Is how do you know what God's will is for your life? Mm-hmm. It's right here. It's God's word. That's the place to start. But so many people are um, are are they're fearful. They're timid. Um, They just don't know where to begin. And so I created a resource for Christians, mind you, for Christians to get engaged more deeply in God's word, just by exploring five unique words that I've crossed in my own study. Um, And so, yeah, it's in an ebook, and I did it that way on purpose. It's meant to be interactive. So in the ebook, you can click on the links and um, into the articles that i reference um, online as well as to Bible Gateway where I use my own method for study where I've lined up for the reader three translations, three very different translations of the same passage so that they could see that words are used in a particular context and in, a, in a particular way. Um, and so, um, you can see the differences in the translations, um, to get a better sense of what, what those words mean in, in that context, um, in those passages. So, uh, that's how the book got started. Honestly, I wanted to see if I could do it. Like i I knew it was something that I wanted to do years and years and years ago. A friend of mine, another author, beat me to it. And after I saw what she wrote, I'm like, now I need to get serious about this. Like, I need to finish this thing. And, and it's not long. It's only 30 or 40 pages. You could probably read the whole thing in 30 minutes. But if you follow the the links and 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 read read the various translations and and just follow the steps that I outline in that ebook. My, my hope and my prayer all from the very beginning was that it would take you to new places, um, in, in exploring God's word. Mm. Um, and so you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Ezer or Ezer. Um, and so, yeah, we all, we, we, we've heard that word before. Um, and that's chapter four of my book is just God is my helper. And so what does that, what does that look like that God is my helper? Um, and, um, I would say that um, we need to be careful um, with this word, as we do with all of, when doing word studies, we need to be very, very careful in how we do them because uh, the passages, the words are used in a very specific context, meaning they actually do have a certain meaning um, to them. They can't mean a bunch of different things um, in every single passage, every single time, but rather we need to take them um, in the, in their specific context in which we find them. And so um, I talk about God is my helper. Just say, um, I think there's just a common misconception that, that, that who's in the driver's seat here? Is it me and I'm adding God into the recipe? Um, and so God helps me, but really I'm the one um, directing um, you know, the vehicle of my life or the, or the, the sermon, am I the one directing the sermon or, um, or is it really God at work all along? Um, And, and I'm, and I'm along for the ride. Um, I believe that that's how, you know, in the passages in chapter four of my book, that's what they're communicating in those passages. They're saying they're, they're given a, a ton of weight and a, and glory, um, and, and prominence to the work of the Lord as their helper, as, as their savior, yeah. um, and in the passages that I identify in the book, um, but, you know, make no mistake, God is not subordinate to me, yes, right? Absolutely. Um, He's not my—he's not my helper in that sense, mm. and so um, it's very interesting dynamic and a very interesting word because God is not subordinate in any of those passages. Rather, God is my helper. He—he um, he, yes, um, I am doing something. I am preparing the message, but who is driving it? Mm. Um, and just to kind of add another layer to it, I was reading C.S. Lewis's *Mere Christianity* last week. And um, in book two, chapter four, Lewis says that um, God is our helper. And he's actually talking about repentance in this case. But he says, it's like when you teach your child to write their name. And you know this, you're a father and I've done this. Mm -hmm. You hold her hand as she forms the letters. Mm -hmm. She forms the letters you are forming them, mm. you know? Yeah. And so who's holding whose hand? Yeah. Yeah. I may be holding the pencil or she, my daughter may be holding the pencil, but I'm guiding her hand as a kindergartner mm. to, to write the letter of her name. Yeah. And, and um, so she acknowledges my presence, but she has a part to play in cooperating with me and that, trusting that I know how to spell her name. So I know you're thinking some preaching thoughts here. (laughs) And so I'll pause. I I think in some ways we can struggle with that as
0: uh, pastors and preachers that uh, will start into a message. I mean, I know I've done this before too. I'll get near to the end of completing writing out a message and think, wow, this is awesome. And then at the same point I go, have I even talked to the Lord about this? You know, like, yeah I mean, that's okay true confession yeah. if you're listening in and you feel like you need to stop the podcast and throw your throw your listening device out the window feel free but i think we've kind of all been there to a certain degree as pastors that this becomes part of our job it becomes part of routine where we write and it's just it's a natural outflow of our life i really believe some of the best sermons are just a natural outflow of our life of serving jesus yeah. and, and uh, reading the word and and so in a lot of ways it's like okay did I actually write this? Cause man, there are times I feel like Mm -hmm. some sermons I just labor over and I'm like, this isn't even like a hard passage. Mm -hmm. It's like fathers love your children, you know, like something like, okay, that's kind of a gimme, (laughs) pardon me. But in some ways uh, you get into some sermon prep and it just flows so well. And then a lot of times I'm like, you know, thank you, Lord, you know, that through the ministry of your word and the spirit, this is just going, this is flowing because Cause ultimately mm-hmm. God wants to communicate more in a sermon than we want to communicate.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel that tension every time I prepare to preach um, because I, as someone who, who feels like one of his spiritual gifts is the gift of faith. Like I don't really get um, I'm a pretty even temperament kind of guy. I can vouch for my that. excitement. Yeah. My level of excitement is about the same as, as my lowest low. Like God's got this all the time. And I always, I, I, I believe that with every fiber of my being and even in some really deep, you know, deep stuff that my wife have been through in our own personal life. Um, God's got this and, and I know I can trust him. And so the temptation for me Um, as a person who feels like this has this incredible gift of faith is not to pray it through Mm. or that I'm always praying it through because I somehow have this special gift of faith Mm. now. um, And, and so if anything, I tend to, um, I tend not to lean into prayer as much as I should. And that's something that I'm very aware of in my own preaching preparation. Um, And, and it seems too like um, that, God also provides the the application um with, like I struggle with every message. I just feel like man, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure out how my own preparation and study habits are going to work because I don't do it very often and 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 so when I get stuck, uh you know, it it can be really devastating for me. Um but even with this last message that I pre- preached, the the whole point of it was to get people into small groups as the as the discipleship pastor I oversee small group ministry and I'm preaching a message on getting in a small group and I'm I'm just stuck at one point I'm like how do I make this transition I don't know where to go from here I know I know what the next part is but there's the bridge is missing Mm -hmm. and 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 I was stuck for days you know and and thankfully, just through um, some of my own habits, including um, free writing for 10 to 15 minutes every morning, um, I free write on my computer, I was able to get work through that. And I believe that that was an answer to that was a call for help, you know, and it came in an unexpected place, as did several illustrations for that sermon, I actually got, I actually thought a couple of that I was speaking to on a Sunday morning, they were looking at each other with cute eyes and, and they were recently married within the last couple of years. And he's like, Hey, do you want to tell them? And she's like, no, you tell them. And I thought they were going to say they're pregnant, but they said, no, we're debt free. Oh. And like, it totally blew me. Away. And like, why is that significant? Well, we do financial peace mm-hmm. and it's a group that we offer. And so they became an instant illustration from my sermon the next week yeah. um, to plug, people getting into financial peace university um if they don't want to join a traditional small group um and so you know that that's fun um and Absolutely. and i love that that Absolutely. happens
0: i love this idea as god as our uh, god is our helper but maybe not in the sense that we would immediately understand it you know uh, almost if i'm mm. building something you know in the house i'm fixing something i have a 6 year old son and he wants to come by and he wants to help me well i'm not sure mm-hmm. how much help he's going to be when i'm rewiring a light fixture but in that sense you know it's not quite helper in in that way where where god is the 6 year old and you know we're the adult and he's just handing us the wrench at just the right time it's completely yeah. the other way around that we become the tool in god's hand and we're we're allowed to participate in God's God's forgive me for saying this God's dispensation of grace through the ministry of the word mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to be a part of that is okay am i really is god really my helper or am i really helping god or i don't know it's kind of <laughs> a brain teaser a little bit but uh, but it's it's a wonderful chapter in the book so i do encourage people to to uh, look that up where can they find that
1: uh, yeah, you can find the book um, along with other resources for getting into God's word on my website, joshuacooper.net.
0: joshuacooper.net. We'll make sure to link to your book and to your website. But now as we're getting ready to close out the podcast, tell me about the second chair leader podcast. I hope I got that right because this is brand new and it's, <laughs> it's going live. Yeah. So Tell us about yeah. your podcast. What's it called? And what's the yeah. what's the goal of, of the podcast?
1: Yeah, Matt, Pete, uh, I owe you and I'm in debt to you. um, Our conversations, uh, we've met monthly for years um, before you moved to Florida. And um, our conversations have always inspired greater um, risk and creativity um, for me. And um, when I heard about the Teach to Preach podcast, you remember, I tried to pitch you on this idea of creating a second chair leadership network. I wasn't really clear on what that looked like, but it would be this hub of sorts where you could drop your podcasts in and I would submit my writing and we would bring other second chairs into the into the conversation, into the network to um, push out their content. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and you talk, you know, as you're talking about the podcast, I'm thinking, I think I can do that. Like maybe that's what I'm envisioning mm-hmm. all along is not necessarily, um, a hub at this point, but rather, um, to talk more intentionally about the leader behind the leader. And so, um, I, uh, I submitted a contest um, put on by Stay Forth Designs out of Colorado Springs. That's headed up by a guy named Alan Briggs, who is not only an author and a great pastor, but he's a really good friend. Mm-hmm. And um, he book. has a new book out. It came out. Yeah. And he, he came out with a new book last week called Everyone's a Genius, Unleashing Creativity for the Sake of the World. And as a part of that book launch, he, um, his company, Stayforth Designs, put on a contest to help fund um, a new idea. And I never dreamed I would win this contest, but I did. Wow. And so now I'm on the hook. Yeah, I'm on the hook now to launch There's the no second chair leadership. <laughs> yeah, so the second chair leadership uh, podcast. um is anticipated to um, officially launch January of the upcoming year. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to interview second chair leaders. Anybody who doesn't wear the title of lead, CEO, founding, um, you get the idea Um, and tell their stories and talk about their unique contributions. What is it that they are doing that is making their organization better. Um, and um, to celebrate the second chair leader, because here's the deal, second chair leadership for me, Pete, isn't a stepping stone to senior leadership. Yes, I um, I, 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 I'm not looking for that. Now, if it finds me, then fine. But um, I want people to celebrate second chair leaders and begin to um, to begin to lead faithfully and creatively right where they are. I'm um, beginning to develop a list of interview candidates and um, we will launch the second chair leadership podcast in January of the new year. Um, and as my way of saying thank you to you, uh, p for having me on the podcast, I want to give you a free copy of everyone's a genius. Oh, and beautiful. I have a pair I have a pair of gnarly socks that I want to send with it because here's, you know, I believe Pete, I believe you're going to knock people's socks off with this podcast. So I appreciate your inspiration and what you're doing here. And so I'm going to send you a pair of socks and a copy of Alan's book. And I'm going to bring, I'm also going to send you a second book and a pair of socks so that you in some way on your podcast you can figure out who, or you do a contest of your own where you're going to give away the copy of the book and the socks to some second chair leader. Um, my gift to you for having me on the show. Thanks oh, a ton great. for having me, my friend.
0: Well, thank you, Josh. We've been good friends for several years now, and I've always uh, celebrated Kingdom wins through you and through the ministry of Grace Point Church. And- Uh, So fantastic. I am excited about the Second Chair Leader podcast coming out. We'll make sure to celebrate that on the Teach to Preach social media pages all across the web and on our website whenever that does go live. And we'll do a contest for this book. I'm looking forward to getting my socks. Uh, You'll see it. It's fantastic. And the book, Alan's (laughs) written uh, another great book that I strongly recommend. We'll link to that today on the show notes page. So please visit the show notes page today on the Teach to Preach podcast website. And we will make sure to get you resourced with all this second chair information. Also, maybe if you're a second chair leader yourself and you're looking for help, please stay tuned to that uh, podcast coming out and share your feedback with us at Teach to Preach and how you are serving God faithfully in your organization as a second chair leader. So, Josh, thank you again for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That's the end of my conversation with Josh Cooper. Please head over to the Second Chair Leadership Podcast Facebook page. You can follow the link on www.teachtopreach.com and just click on the episode for today and you can find all of that information about Second Chair Leadership and Pastor Josh Cooper and all of the resources available to you from him. That would be fantastic. It'll be a blessing to you and to your ministry. And thank you again so much for liking us on Facebook. Thank you for Listening faithfully to this podcast. I've been hearing so many good comments from so many listeners from all over the place, and it just thrills me to know that this is helpful to you. So, if you have any suggestions for the show, please send them in to Pete at TeachToPreach.com. Would love to hear your feedback even more. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.